What's Going On podcast. With the homelessness crisis looming upon the United States, I just had to get this urgent message out there. This is a very serious problem, especially in those larger urban areas. The problem is so huge and so complex that it's going to take a lot more than the government programs to change this problem. I am letting you know today that if you're going through this problem, there is hope for the future. We do have a podcast called Homebound Radio that launched today, January 30th, 2020, that is meant to help homeless people in their job search. Please know that there is a way out of this, and please listen to some of the encouraging messages of the show if that's you. If you are not homeless, please, please share this on social media. Not because you want to feel good about yourself or to make me feel good, but because of the chance that someone on your social media feed is going through that same struggle and you could change a life. Do it. Please tag me. I would love to comment or reshare to compound the results. Once again, it's called Homebound Radio, and the link will be in the description. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about getting your resume rewritten to help you land that dream job. I recently co-presented at a career camp event in General Assembly here in Austin, Texas. Shout out to Brianna Chenkin, the organizer, and Aaron Ford, who crafted most of the presentation for this talk. During this one, we'll cover the importance of creating a master resume, how to put yourself in the best light. General Assembly is a very cool organization, and I don't get paid to say this today. If you want to check out any of their events, they have some really awesome adult education classes, including coding boot camps in cities all over the U.S. If you're interested in learning about them, check out the URL I'll drop in the description, or just Google General Assembly. All right, on to the show. We have lots of great resume advice to cover with Aaron. Here we go. So let me start by introducing myself. My name is Erin Ford. I'm the Senior uh, Manager of Student Services and Outcomes at the GA campus. So I kind of manage the operations of all of our student functions that are not part of Bree's world. So I work with career transitioners who are coming into our immersive programs uh, who are trying to completely shift their direction. So we do a lot of um, resume reviews, kind of chatting about career strategy and, and stuff like that. Um, my background before this was in tech recruiting. I was in the tech recruiting space here for three years and before that training and development. So I've been in Austin for about 10 years and kind of made it my career to focus on growing and developing talent within the city. Um, and as Bree mentioned, you know, we do love to kind of help people find uh, careers that they love, focuses that they love. So definitely check out our website for any future classes or workshops that you might be interested in. My name is Chris. I'm the founder and CEO of Let's Eat Grandma. And there is a comma after Let's Eat. <laughs> so we don't want to eat our grandmothers. Uh, we also have a podcast on the host of. It's called the Career Warrior Podcast. We're actually going to feature some content um, that from this presentation. If you want to go check that out, uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, and every major podcast platform. Um, something that we'll kind of speak to and talk to you throughout the presentation is it's super important that your resume be a representation of the job that you want, not the job that you have. And that's something I want everybody to really reflect on because I think we get so 
married to the jobs that we have and the work that we do, and we think everyone is going to find this super informative and fascinating, um, that we miss the fact that we're not necessarily speaking to the jobs that we want, right? And if you always do what you always did, you're always going to get what you always got, right? So for those of you that are looking to transition, that are looking to kind of shift, upgrade, whatever that looks like, keep that in mind, that you should be writing this for something that you're aspiring to get, not what you're doing now, unless you just super love what you're doing now and that's your jam and you want to do it forever, great. But for most people, I think we kind of want that shift, right? We want to be continually moving and, and evolving. Okay, so what do we want resumes to do? What is their basic function? This is going to be interactive. Y'all are going to have to talk. Just saying right now. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I love that. It's your marketing what are we hoping to get out of a resume? In the door. In the door, yes. Ultimately, a really good resume should get somebody to go, ooh, you're fascinating. And they want to know more about you, right? It's not necessarily a laundry list of everything you've ever done or ever will do. It's, uh, you know, not, Chris and I were talking before uh, the presentation. He said, yeah, I got an eight-page resume the other day. No. <laughs> No, sir, that is not okay. It should not be a complete uh, CV of everything you've ever done. That's not the focus. The focus is to get you in the door, to get you talking to somebody. Because I'm sure all of you are wonderful writers and you can put together a beautiful resume, but I promise none of you are engaging on paper as you are in person, right? And I hear so many people say, if I could just get someone to talk to me on the phone, right? I've been that, I've said that. If I can just get on the phone with somebody, I'm fascinating. They would love to talk to me. But that's the whole point of the resume, right? Is to get you to that stage, to get someone to want to engage with you. Because ultimately, as many of you said, you want to tell a story. Because facts are great, they tell somebody what you can do, but stories are what resonate with us. If you think back, we are storytelling people since the dawn of time and hieroglyphics and writing and even before that, we were telling stories to convey value to each other. And that still resonates with us, right? So the more effectively you can tell a story through your resume and make that fascinating and interesting, the more appealing you'll be to somebody. And if you think about it, what might that indicate? Six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, you have six seconds. The average recruiter looks at a resume for six seconds. I found out the other day we have a really fascinating um, system where we gather our resumes and it tells you exactly how long you read resumes as you're kind of going through it. And I spent 3.67 seconds <laughs> per resume. Um, that's not an amazing feat. I think a lot of recruiters are not spending a lot of time looking at resumes. Come on in, we have a seat up front. <laughs> um, but if you think about how long that actually is, that's no time at all, right? You've got someone quickly scanning your resume so you have to convey a lot of value, a lot of information, a lot of fascinating things about yourself in a very short time frame. And those things that those recruiters, those hiring managers are looking for are kind of breaking, broken down into three basic areas, right? So you've got skills, which Chris is going to speak to momentarily and wow your pants off. We've got impact and attitude. So obviously attitude is challenging. That's not really something you can easily show in a resume. That's more of the, hey, if I can get them on the phone can show them how amazing I am. But impact and skills are definitely something that you can convey and express really easily in a scannable format that makes people see your value and see your worth and be excited to want to talk to you. All right, so 
We're kind of going to break this up into two different sections. I believe content is king. Content is the most important part. Everything else is just frosting, right? So we'll kind of break it up into content and like the meat and potatoes of what you need to have and then the frosting. It's a little gross, like a friend's trifle. <laughs> so one of the things I do recommend you do is create a master resume. Ooh, has anyone done that before? Yeah. So I highly recommend this. This is super helpful. This is not something anybody is ever going to see. Um, it's just for you. It's just for you to catalog all of the information of the jobs that you've had. Does anybody remember the metrics that they met at a job they had even three years ago? No. That's why this is helpful, right? You can kind of catalog all the information, all the metrics you met, all the amazing projects you worked on, so that when you get older and you start forgetting things, you have a master resume that you can go back to and look through all of that information and kind of cherry pick and figure, okay, this is relevant for this job I'm applying to, this maybe isn't so much. This is gonna demonstrate my ability to do something at this job, this maybe not so much. All right. So there's a few basic tenets to your content that you want to stick to. Keep it brief. For most people, and this is not always a hard and fast rule, but for most people you're going to want to keep it to one page. Unless you have, I'd say, about 10 years of experience in your space or a lot of super relevant information, you're going to want to keep it to one page. Come on in, we have a spot up front. <laughs> yeah. Are you sending out this day? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so feel free to take notes because there's a lot of stuff that I say and I'm sure Chris says that won't necessarily be in the deck, but yeah, we will definitely be sending out the deck. Um, so definitely stick to one page unless you feel like you have content that's relevant. I know it used to be a hard and fast rule, just one page, only one page, and I think that was more relevant when we were handing people resumes, right? You'd go in somewhere, you'd say, hi, it's so nice to meet you. Here, Chris, here's my resume. Now everything's digital, right? People are emailing resumes, they're slacking resumes, they're pulling them out of their applicant tracking systems. So it's less important that that be a hard and fast rule, but be judicious and think, is someone gonna want to get to page two, right? Can I convey all this information in one page? Does it need to? Um, scrap a traditional summary. We're gonna talk a lot about that, but the old-fashioned like business professional with demonstrated capabilities who's demonstrating this by the way in such and such areas is looking for such and such job right that's not going to be super effective for you we'll talk about ways to kind of better position yourself with that kind of that kind of stuff um keywords like i mentioned chris is going to talk about how important those are but they are super 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 important um if you've never used wordle before or something like Wordle. It creates word, word clouds, hence Wordle, word, word and cloud. Um, it's, it's really fantastic for kind of seeing trends, right, in word frequency. Um, and always assume that the person who's looking at your resume is super lazy, always. Lowest barrier to entry. If they have to paste something, just assume they're not gonna paste it, right? Hyperlink everything. Hyperlink your email, hyperlink your LinkedIn, hyperlink your portfolios, hyperlink your GitHub, whatever you have, hyperlink it all and assume that people aren't gonna take the extra time, right? So I do recommend kind of a basic template for resumes. Very basic, we're still talking content, right? So starting with your name and contact information on the top, then your profile statement, then your skills slash achievements, experience and education. Okay, so name and contact information. First and last name, I do recommend going by the name you go by, 
right? When it gets to the point, if you go by your middle name or you go by a different name than what is your, you know, given name on your birth certificate, your social security card or something like that, um, don't confuse people. I've been on so many calls where I'm like, hi, is this Jack? And they're like, I go by Weston. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Everyone's gonna call you Jack because that's what you put on everything. Yeah. So make sure you put what you go by. It's fine at the end to be like, FYI, my name is such and such, and that's what you're gonna need to like put on everything. That's a, a very not awkward conversation to have. But having to correct nine people in the interview process, super awkward. Go by the name that you go by. Always put city and state. Yes, even if it's not where you live. So if you're applying to a job in New York, put New York on your resume. It's not a lie, it's where you're applying. Question about that. Yeah. I want to get your opinion on something. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier that everything's digital now and things aren't uh, handed over by paper. Do we recommend putting the entire address on there or mm. just, just city and state? Some I love people that. Still do that. I only recommend city and state. Why would it maybe not be beneficial? Sure. I'm less concerned it's that like a recruiter a, at a company is going to. Yeah, totally. Like, we one thing that I always want you to be aware of is unconscious bias. Is everyone familiar with unconscious bias and what that is? Mm -hmm. Right? So if I'm a recruiter and I work up at Dell, right, which is like another state up there, um, <laughs> way far up there. If I work up there and I see someone who's applying with an address in Buda or Kyle, I'm probably not going to say it and it might not filter into my thought process, but it also might be part of my brain going, whew, they're not going to want to drive that far every day, you know? So anything you can do to avoid any of that is great. So I'm a big proponent of not putting your full address. City and state is enough. That's going to check off all their little boxes if they're looking for local people, if it's one of the filters on their applicant tracking system, which we're going to talk about. Um, anything like that will get you through, but it won't create any kind of unconscious bias. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, phone number, make sure you have your voicemail set up, especially if you are working, traveling, something like that. Make sure, I'm sure this goes without saying, it is a professional voicemail, not a what up, leave a message, you know. Um, make sure that people know how to contact you, if there's going to be any delay in contacting you. Make sure that that's very clearly spelled out. Make sure you have a professional email address. Again, it should go without saying. Um, if you're in tech, I highly recommend that be Gmail. No AOL, <laughs> no Hotmail, right, Gmail. And of course, include any personal website or GitHub. Yeah. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say profile statement? No. Nope. Raise your hands if you do know what I mean. Okay, about half. How many of you know what an objective is? Raise your hand. It's like more people, it's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about the difference between uh, profile statements and an objective. I just want to tell you right now, um, for those of you who do have a profile statement or considering having one, uh, the most important thing you need to know is that it really should be your best of the best. Um, it should be the reason why somebody wants to hire you in the first place. Why do you think I put so much weight on the profile statement in the first place? The first thing, exactly, six seconds. I mean, if you're going to scan, um, through a resume really quickly, you put most of the focus, to be honest, on that first page, and more so you put the focus on the top section of that page. 
So that's why I'm always telling people to take the time to look over that profile statement and uh, put a lot of emphasis on that. Okay, um, a really good thing that Aaron highlighted earlier is that you should look towards the job postings that you're applying for. Triple down that advice when it comes to your profile statement for the same reason. Um, I'm, I don't tell people to go crazy and create a million different versions of the resume. You know I like to do that because I have a professional resume service. But the honest truth is you can really get away with having that master resume and then crafting some really good targeted uh, resumes for different jobs you're applying for. So if you're applying for a sales manager position and you're also applying for a sales representative positions, to me those are two uniquely different resumes that you're going to come up with and thus two differently, two unique profile statements that you're coming up with. So what do you bring most? What is your biggest value proposition when it comes to applying for A, that sales manager position and B, that sales rep position? I tell people, okay, the biggest I, most of the, the profile statements that I read, to be honest, and this is gonna sound really harsh, but they, they really suck. They're really bad. Why do you think they're bad? Very cookie cutter and Yes, cookie cutter, that's actually the word I was thinking of. Um, brain sink. Um, they're very cookie cutter. Um, I recommend not being cookie cutter. And I know like the trap you fall into is like, it's a profile statement, it should be a very generic, version of what I do and you try to keep it very high level, it's good to keep it high level and good to keep it broad. You don't want to get too specific. But at the same point, if you just say something like Aaron said earlier, like business manager with whatever experience and just leave it very dry, you're not really giving anyone a reason to look very closely at the rest of your resume. Um, so I do recommend bringing your best to the best. What that means for you individually, I don't have the answer to because I don't know your unique skill set or your accomplishments or you know what you really bring to the table. Um, that takes a little bit of brainstorming on your on uh, your end. But start to think about accomplishments you've had in the past few years that are geared towards the jobs you're applying for. Think about your awesome skills that you've developed that no one else has. Um, I don't always recommend people putting the multi-language thing. But if you're applying for a job, like within that profile statement, but if you're applying for a job and that kind of stuff, being able to speak multiple languages is paramount to the success of that job, heck yeah, put it up there. Um, so it really comes down to your best of the best and making it as specific as possible. So um, I just want to once again emphasize the difference between uh, summary and objective statement. This is actually the next slide is gonna do that. The objective statement says what you want like out of your career. Uh, the summary shows what you have to bring to the table for the job you're applying for. Um, the other reason I really like the use of profile statements, I know we have a lot of uh, career changers in this room, some people listening um, on the podcast right now, um, but to be honest, if you're trying to make a transition, like I'll just keep going back to what Aaron said, like you have to look at the positions you're applying for, not necessarily your past and what you've done. And I think the profile statement is one of the best places to put that, just because you can be so creative and almost prosaic with the way you write it, you write out that statement. Yeah. I similarly like to answer four questions in that as yeah. briefly as possible. It's what do you do? What skills do you bring to the table? Why is it relevant? And why should anyone care? There are certain things that are glaringly wrong and bad to do in your resumes, but there are so many things that are preferential, right? Um, 
as a recruiter, I might have looked at something differently than the recruiter sitting at the desk next to me. And she might love a format and think it's amazing and the best thing she's ever seen. And I look at it and I'm like, this is trash. What are you talking about? <laughs> and that's the struggle, right? Like there's not any right way to necessarily do some of these things that are yeah. subjective depending on what your focus is. It's about representing yourself in the best light. So if it makes sense to do that for you, great. If it doesn't, great. Make sure your resume is compelling and represents your history, your skills, what you bring to the table the best that it can. And I think we get so locked into the idea that like we just have to jam all of our experience into a template that everyone's gonna love, and that doesn't exist. So be judicious when you're going through all of this and think like, does this benefit me? Does this add to my story? Or is this just something I'm trying to figure out what my version of this is to put it in a template? Um, okay, so for skills. So many people don't have skills sections on their resumes. Super important to have a skills section on your resume for multiple reasons, but keywords, which again, we're gonna talk about momentarily, that's one of the biggest things. You need to make sure that keywords that are showing up in the job descriptions you're looking at are showing up on your resume. And one of the easiest ways to do that for hard skills especially is a skills section. Um, if you use different technologies, if you're a project manager, if you're a developer, if you're anybody that has like a list, right, of things that you're using, languages, softwares, whatever that looks like, make sure you have a skills section that highlights all of that so you're not trying to sprinkle all of this through the rest of your stuff. This is also one of the first sections that recruiters look for. Do they have the skills that this person needs to do this job? Because if they don't, we skip our room, right? Um, again, make sure you include keywords employers are using. That is super important. Um, you can list hard and soft skills. It depends on what you do. If you work in a very hard skill-focused space, Soft skills look fluffy, and I'm not a huge fan of them. But if you work in customer service, a lot of your skills might be soft skills. If you're in a management position where you're people managing, a lot of that is soft skills, right? So again, figure out what is a better representation for you, right? Is it more hard skills, more soft skills? Um, but know that anything that you put there, you need to be able to kind of back up in some way, right? So if you are loading that with soft skills, Make sure, you know, to Chris's point, you're like putting stories in your cover letter that represent those soft skills that show that company, hey, I can do this soft skill that you are asking for in this role. Oh. Um, so how big should that section be? Because that's been my issue, is that I mean, I can take up a fair amount of real estate. Yeah. And so how much do you list? Yeah. I mean, I'd say keep it to what's relevant for the role, yeah. you know? Okay. That's also, that's a kind of a tough one to answer because like you need to like know what's required for the role like what are core qualifications um and so go back to your master resume point which i endorse that completely too i might write out every single one of my hard and maybe and soft skills too um on that master resume say it's like kind of like 20 um, um and then look individually at the roles you're applying for and say okay what can i cut because i really need to get this more targeted I will say like I'm a big proponent of having targeted focused resumes um, for various reasons which we will talk about when we get to applicant tracking systems but um, you know if you do have like for instance when I was job searching before this job I had a training and development focused resume I had a recruiting focused resume I have all those skills but very rarely do they kind of cross over in the same job so it was like no these go here and these go here and some of those soft skills obviously cross over but most of the hard skills would it be great if I had those in both roles sure do they care probably not you know 
All right. Again, make sure you're using relevant technologies in the space. If you don't know them and you're seeing things pop up over and over and over again, there's Coursera, there's Udemy. There's so many different online tools to learn different technologies that you might not have experience with. But if it's required again for you to move into that new space, get a like perfunctory knowledge of it, right? Get it so that you can ramp up into a space really quickly. And I always recommend including foreign languages here. While I agree with Chris, not always necessarily relevant to put it in your summary unless that kind of speaks to the space that you're trying to be in. Um, but so many companies nowadays are global, they're multinational, they have offices in different spaces. Um, so if you know multiple languages, that's a huge boon for you, right? So list those. List awards, but don't go over the top, right? <laughs> awards that are relevant to the, to the space that you're in. If you are a sales manager and you have won sales awards year after year, that's great to include. Um, if you were like most liked, pie award winning, you know, whatever kind of person at your company, maybe leave that off. That's a great thing to mention in an interview and be like, hey, I make award winning pies. Um, but you know, not necessarily something that needs to make its way onto your resume. I'm all about y'all creating a compelling story and putting your personality out there, but like maybe not that much personality, right? All right, you guys, this was part one of the resume event at General Assembly. And uh, it was a two hour event and I'm not going to overwhelm you all with two hours of resume content. So I'll give it to you in bite-sized chunks. This one, we discussed some really good themes like coming up with a master resume looking forward to the jobs you want to apply for, not looking back, as well as how to frame skills and other sections in your resume. It is currently 1 a.m. over here, and I am really tired, so I've got to get to bed. Um, I will leave you all with a really cool outro with Erin Ford, asking her about her background and how to find out more about her. Hope you enjoy. This concludes the rest of the episode, and I'm going to go get some sleep. Erin, um, first of all, that was amazing. Thank Thanks. you for the presentation. Yeah. Um, I want to know where you learned everything about resumes in the first place. I know you have a lot of experience, but what's what's your background? Yeah, so um, after a very fruitful career as a musician in college, nice. <laughs> I moved on from what do you play? from that. I sing. Okay. Um, so I did an upper opera undergrad, and then did music history for my master's. Awesome. Um, and that was actually kind of my first jump into resume writing because for your master's, you know, you have to have a curriculum vitae and like have all of this stuff. Um, and then jumped out into the job market because I needed a job and found how frustrating it was. Ended up kind of transitioning into learning and development. So I've done people development for a lot of my professional career and then wanted to transition into tech. And so I love reading articles. Like I'm just a very avid reader. So just kind of like piecemealing information about how to transition and learn where I was failing because I think I was very tenured at that point and I was trying to get into tech and I was trying to get in from real estate which is a completely separate space yeah. um, and failing and I was like I'm so qualified for all of this stuff why aren't people seeing my things um, and so I think a lot of it was information that I gleaned through that process just kind of like seeing what was failing and fixing it and yeah. kind of learning as I was going and then moved into recruiting and that was kind of where I got the most of my knowledge and I had some some amazing um, recruiters that I worked with that yeah. were like tenured, gnarled, had been in there for 10, 15 years and knew what they were doing yeah. and just taught me so much. How um, many resumes you look at during that time when you recruited? Oh my gosh, hundreds, like yeah. probably thousands. I mean, it was just so many resumes. 
um, and just seeing firsthand the things that landed and the things that didn't actually really helps you figure out, okay, well, that's why my resume didn't land because it looked like this Porsche Mose. And like, you know, you see what works for people and what doesn't. You see amazing resumes and you're like, wow, that person really captivated me with what they did. Um, So, so much of that was just, I mean, really like on the job learning for three years, just kind of seeing what people did that was awesome and seeing what people did that wasn't so hot and learning from them and other people. Yeah, and so for your transition to General Assembly, that helped you. What do you do at General Assembly right now? Yeah, so at General Assembly, um, I'm over our career services and student services departments. Um, but you know, a huge portion of what I do and what I've done for the past two years here is career coaching. And so I work with our career transitioners, transitioners who are coming from one space into tech, sometimes for the first time, um, sometimes just moving into a completely different area. And so I work with them to get them through that process and kind of transition and prepare all their materials yeah. from what they did to what they're doing now. Cool. And now for those of you who don't know, General Assembly is a program. It's you define it as like adult education mm-hmm. uh, type program. I really like the the classes they have over here, but um, it's really cool what you're doing and I think thanks. you're helping a lot of people out here. Yeah, so, thanks. I yeah. appreciate it. How can people find out more about you? Yeah, so um, for right now, connecting with me on LinkedIn. Um, so um, literally, if you go to linkedin.com slash the Aaron Ford, T-H-E-E-R-I-N, Ford, like the car, F-O-R-D, um, I will connect with anybody and kind of chat about whatever they want to chat about. Nice. Make sure, and we just did an episode earlier about writing a personalized uh, message. Make sure if you do send a message or do send a connection to Aaron, write something, let, the, let her know that you came from the podcast. I'm sure she'd love to hear that. Yeah. So, and for those of you listeners who are driving or jogging right now, we want you to be safe. So I will put the URL of Aaron's LinkedIn in the description. So make sure to check that out when you get the chance. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. This concludes the Career Warrior podcast. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next time. Subscribe. But, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep that in there just for you, Mark. <laughs>